This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Your war room for insider news and draft analysis from deep within the confines of Cowboys headquarters at the Star in Frisco. The Dallas Cowboys select T.D. Lamb. Oh, and now, your hosts, Dane Brugler, Jeff Cavanaugh, Kevin Turner, and Kyle Yeomans. There are 127 days until the NFL Draft, April 29th of 2021. We are on the last episode of 2020, though. Actually, I take that back. We've got one more, I guess, next week. But the last one with these two guys, Jeff Cavanaugh and Dane Brugler. I'm Kyle Yeomans here on the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Welcome in, everybody. Glad you're with us. We're going to hit a ton of names today because you know it's the holiday season and we're going to gift a ton of names off of the list of Dane Brugler and Jeff Cavanaugh here over the next 45 minutes. No KT today. Uh, He is out at the moment but we wish KT the best and we'll have him back on once the new year turns but I want to address something really quickly right off the top of this show Uh, and we're going to talk about the number one overall pick. We're going to talk about the Cowboys but the Cowboys got to win uh, on Sunday, they defeated the the San Francisco 49ers 41 to 33, and Jeff is Jeff is pumping his fist, but he also on our little WebEx call said R.I.P. to Captain Trade Down. Jeff is Captain Trade Down dead at the moment? Is he is he done because of this Cowboys win? Well, dead is a very extreme uh, term, but I guess I did put R.I.P. You did so. Uh, Team Tank, Team Tank threw a tread, so it's kind of stuck and doing circles. And Captain Trade Down has been uh, unseated from the horse. He couldn't hold on for the eight seconds, and he broke a leg. Uh, so we, yeah, we're in a tough spot. We're currently. Uh, I'm gonna have to get a new shirt. You see, I got the Captain Trade Down shirt hey, here. Uh, Captain Trade Down. But uh, yeah, thank you. Um, I, I'm gonna have to get a Captain Stick and Pick shirt. I guess <laughs> I'm gonna have to do something different. Cap, Captain Trade Down's in peril. We're in peril right now. <laughs> He's in a little bit of trouble. And, Dane, I know you had talked about earlier in one of the, the previous shows that we had that you were okay with trading down. Are you are you on Captain Stick and Pick's uh, right-hand side this time? Or are you are you rolling with uh, still with Captain Trade Down as the Cowboys currently sit ninth? Yeah, and well, last week they were uh, with that Chargers win. It felt like the Cowboys were in a position of power at that number four pick. Uh, a good spot for a trade back, uh, you know, quarterback, a, a needy team moving up there. Now sitting at eight, I, I still think they're in a position to trade back. Uh, you know, you look at some of the teams that are directly behind them. There's still going to be some teams looking for a quarterback, whether that's the 49ers, uh, you know, could be the Broncos, could be the Lions, uh, the Patriots, the Bears. Uh, so this is still a position where a uh, good chance at least one of those quarterbacks, Trey Lance, uh, Justin Fields, uh, Zach Wilson, whoever ends up being there, could, could be a, a possible trade partner where they can move back to the mid-teens. And I still like their options. Uh, they could go corner. They could go J.C. Horn. Uh, they could go tackle with Rashawn Slater. So I, I don't think the trade back option is dead. And I, I think that it just it just it brings up a new uh, different uh, scenario with the players that you're moving back to get. And I'd still do it if it means I'm getting an extra two or multiple draft multiple draft picks that I can use towards uh, just building up this roster. 
See, Jeff, Dane is is right there. I mean, he's helping Captain Trey no, get right back up no. on the horse. He's sitting here pushing. No, helping. no. No, we appreciate it. Look, Captain Trey down and I appreciate it, even though we're the same person. Uh, and we like we like the boost. But what Dane's not realizing is the Cowboys are about to win the division. So <laughs> just don't even worry about any of this stuff. It's about to go down. Hey, because if, Dwayne Haskins if that's is the currently, case, then... <laughs> the, 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 yeah. the Cowboys are the ones trying to Dwayne Haskins has been up to. <laughs> are you Captain Trade up at that point if the Cowboys win the division? No, we're just going to do the draft. Okay, Look, just we're just going to do the draft. Okay, we're going to watch. Yeah, we're yeah. going to watch the guys, and we're going to figure this thing out. If trade down is a possibility, it'll be great. Won't have the same value that I once thought it would because the Cowboys are winning games. Mm-hmm. But hey, you're supposed to win the games. That's what it's all about, guys. Yeah. You're supposed to try your best. Yeah, I, like I would that. never tell them not to try their best. Good job. I like that, Jeff. Staying positive here now. Uh, that's one of the interesting things about doing this show a little bit earlier this year than we've done it in the past in terms of the draft show is we get to kind of look at the fluctuation of, of value. I mean, two weeks ago we were talking about the Cowboys maybe picking third overall. So they're currently sitting at eighth, and a win next week could put them right in the, the, the 11, 12, 13, 14 ra- uh, range whenever April comes around. But it also is interesting to look at from an overall draft perspective because we thought through the first 50 15 weeks of the year that the New York Jets were going to be the first overall pick. And, Dane, now we know that is uh, at least in peril. You talk about Captain Trade Down being in peril. The Jets are in peril of having that number one pick because they beat the Los Angeles Rams this past week, giving up that first overall pick to the Jacksonville Jaguars. What do you think about that scenario and how that switched around so quickly for Jets fans? It's fascinating. Uh, you know, for the longest time, we just kind of assumed that the Jets would be picking one. Uh, they couldn't win a game, even when they had the win, like against the Raiders. They found a way to screw it up. So it just seemed like they were destined for that top pick. And in this draft, that's what you want. This is the draft where there is a, a big-time quarterback prospect staring them in the face with Trevor Lawrence. And with that win, they're now tied with the Jaguars, and the Jaguars have mathematically clinched the tiebreaker. So if uh, both these teams, the Jags and the Jets, uh, lose their final two games, then the Jaguars will have that number one pick. Trevor Lawrence will be the guy. And the Jets find themselves in an interesting situation where – they have to basically put Sam Darnold on their draft board and figure out, okay, it, are we better off sticking with Darnold and drafting uh, Penny Sewell here uh, where we could have bookend tackles with Mekhi Becton and Penny Sewell? Uh, do we go Jamar Chase here and we give Sam Darnold uh, a, a big-time wide receiver uh, that can make plays down the field? So, uh, Or maybe they are captain trade down. Maybe they look to move back and because uh, they need more draft picks. They, they need a lot of help elsewhere. So the Jets... You know, last week it was it was easy. Trevor Lawrence is the top pick, and you start thinking about what you're going to do with that with that second first rounder, and then in, in the second round, now wide open options, and it starts. The first step is figuring out Sam Darnold, where he is in relation to these quarterback prospects, and do they feel comfortable moving forward with him as their quarterback? Where do you put Sam Darnold on this board? If you're, if you're evaluating him up against these quarterbacks, and Jeff, I want to ask you the same question, but Dane, where do you put, uh, where do you put Sam, and, and where does he rank in terms of the Trey Lances, the Zach Wilsons, and the Justin Fields of the world? 
It's so tough for us to say. Uh, I mean, I, I love Sam Darnold coming out as a prospect, uh, but the Jets have a unique uh, have have the information right now. You know, how is Sam doing in, in meetings? You know, how is he doing in the quarterback film room? How is he doing uh, digesting the playbook and then you know doing what is asked of him behind the scenes? We just don't have that information, so it is a little tough for those of us on the outside to. Uh, 100% know where he would stack up with these other quarterbacks. Uh, you know, the Jets could look at it and say, you know what, we like Sam, but it just it's not working, and he needs a change of scenery. We need new life at this position, and they can d- decide to part ways, and that's just you know what's best for everybody. Or they could say, you know what, Sam's doing everything that he can. Let's get a new coach in here. Let's see how he does with new coaching staff. Let's build up the roster around him, and we think we have something, and that's. That's probably the most likely scenario, but you know who knows. We just don't know what's going on behind the scenes there uh, in New York, and it's 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 tough for Darnold because he has not had the wide receivers, he has not had the offensive line, he has not had the coaching. I, I know I, I sound like a Darnold apologist right now, but <laughs> try winning without at least one or two of those three things. It, it's just it's not going to happen. Yeah, Dane is a he's a Sam Darnold homer, and that happens from time to time. You know, Darn. when you love a guy. I, no, I think it's look, it's a it's a fair point that every quarterback has different circumstances when they come into the league. But for me, I think if uh, the Jets and so many teams call me for my draft advice, I'm if sure the Jets are one of them. I would I would say you have three years of evidence that he can't play. So. We're going to try somebody else. And, yeah, he didn't have as nearly as good a shot as guys who go into much better circumstances. But I got three years. We're coming towards the end of him being an affordable quarterback. And I got three years that says that he's not good. So I would try somebody else. Now, on doing the draft show on Cowboys.com, I would love it if the Jets would just stick and pick Panay Sewell. Mm-hmm. and kind of throw a wrench into things where now what do the Bengals do? And did, are the quarterbacks going to stretch one more pick? Or are people just jumping in more of a hurry to go get a guy? So from a Cowboys perspective, I hope the Jets do pick second. And I hope they do skip quarterback so that those can stretch a little bit and maybe one can be there for you to trade down with. Mm. But I would tell the Jets, look, three years is three years. He's been a bad NFL quarterback. Try somebody else. So basically what I'm hearing here is Captain Tradown is not actually off the horse because you just gave me a scenario where Captain Tradown's there, and I know things can change and there's a lot that goes into it. Look, but I, uh, I'm never off the horse, okay? okay. okay. I'm always okay. on the horse. Okay. What I am is I'm an emotional person reacting to adversity, okay? <laughs> the, the Captain Tradown hit some adversity this week, lost some value in his pick. Mm-hmm. And so now Captain Tradown is sitting here at a crossroads on a gimpy ankle with a bad quad trying to hold on to the horse, and he's wondering, well, now do we want to chase down this way to two wins while Dwayne Haskins is at gentlemen's establishments, maybe about to get suspended, maybe Washington's going to lose two games in a row and I'm about to go into the playoffs because I go 2-0, and or is Captain Tradedown still trying to lose two games? He doesn't know. Captain mm. Tradedown's confused right now. Okay. That's all. Okay, that's 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 it's something that I guess you could look at at this point in the draft. But also, I mean, you talk about the Cowboys in a scenario that could work out for him or them I guess not him not Captain Trey down but for them whenever it comes to the Cincinnati Bengals potentially taking a uh, a non-quarterback behind the Jets taking a non-quarterback and it takes those guys off the board but 
Jeff, you asked the question in the in the group me this weekend or the group text this weekend that uh, whenever it comes to being in the top ten, there's a lot of pressure on these organizations. And right now the Cowboys currently sit inside that top ten, but you don't want to bust. You, you want to have those specific needs to fill. But right now, what position do you feel comfortable taking in the top 10, Mr. Cavanaugh, because right now, I know you said it. I think Dane's in, on this board. I think I'm on this board as well. But there's a lot of offensive guys you feel comfortable with in the top 10, but you need a defensive player that's going to be a game changer. Yeah, and I think that's the problem because for me, and I, I get a lot of pushback from a lot of Cowboy fans for this, I don't care what you need. Mm-hmm. I don't care. If I can make it line up with the board better and pick a guy, then that's okay. But if you're picking a defensive player because you need help on defense, you're failing at drafting and you're failing at building your team. If you're picking, I'm just going to pick a random number, if you're picking eighth and your ten best players on your board are offense, but you reach because you have a position in need, well, enjoy Taco Charlton. I know that's Mm. not in the top ten, but you have a top ten pick. You're supposed to pick the best football player because for a half decade he's going to be yours. And in the top 10, he's also going to make a lot of money in a salary cap league. You don't want to bust on a top 10 pick. If my best player plays a position that I don't, quote, need, I'm going to pick him anyway. And then I'll make my roster work around it. I'll trade. I'll go trade from a position of strength to another team to try to find a player. Um, And we're just throwing out names here, but like, Michael Gallup for Juan Thornhill, who's become a rotational free safety in Kansas City. Here, have one year of an upgraded Sammy Watkins. I'll take two years of an upgraded free safety for me because I don't have a free safety on the roster. Mm-hmm. And boom, I picked an offensive player in the first round. It's a, it's a half-decade pick that makes a lot of money when you're picking in the top ten. So to me, from the guys I've seen so far in this draft, with all due respect to Micah Parsons and Caleb Farley and Patrick Sertan, I am more confident that Panay Sewell, Rashawn Slater, the Northwestern offensive tackle, Kyle Pitts, the Florida tight end, Jamar Chase, the LSU wide receiver, Devontae Smith, the Alabama wide receiver, and maybe, let me know about his ankle, but Jalen Waddell, the Alabama wide receiver, I'm more convinced that I'm not missing with all of them than any defensive player in this draft. And so that's the unique challenge that I think teams are going to face because you need a corner. You need a defensive tackle. You you need pass rush. I don't care. I'm not picking a worse player on purpose. Dane, do you agree? That's absolutely. I, I think that's it, – it'd be very foolish to reach on a player in the top ten because of need. Um, it just it's not a wise way to build your roster you need to do uh, it, it, we talk so much about the game of football being a game of attrition uh, you know the injuries happen guys uh, you know the talent uh, for, for players and their effectiveness goes up and down at this time last year we weren't really talking about linebacker as a huge need for this team but here we are a year later and it sure looks like a need and you just you never know now i'm not saying they should draft a wide receiver um you know with, with the way the current roster set up but that doesn't mean that you reach for a player that you're not high on now right now they're picking at eight and I, you know, I, I do think that Micah Parsons is in that range um, and you have to decide, okay, an off-ball linebacker, can he give you enough where he's worth that selection of a top 10 pick? Are you going to use him enough as 
uh, an edge rusher? Are you going to use him? I mean, you know, uh, the snaps that he's going to play, is the impact worth a top 10 pick? I think absolutely they could come to that conclusion uh, of Micah Parsons, um, you know, in one of these corners. Caleb Farley, uh, you know, in most years is not going to be a top 10 pick. He might not be a top 10 pick this year. In this draft, he might be. And I, you know, it's, it, it makes it for a, I don't necessarily think that Caleb Farley at eight would be a reach in this draft. Just the way that the, the top, you know, picks are, are going to play out because we just don't have many quote unquote elite players. So, um, you know, if they're in that eight to ten to twelve range when they draft, that's right in the range where Parsons and these corners are going to come off the board. So uh, it, it's not a—I don't think it's exactly a reach there. Is it maybe what you're hoping for? Uh, you know, maybe not in normal drafts, but this is this is the draft. This is—we have to be realistic here. So uh, uh, while I do agree that the best players in this draft are on the offensive side of the ball. Where they're picking right now, I think, is where, uh, you know, we're not at four anymore. We're picking at eight. And so that's when you start to think about Parsons or one of these corners. What would be the reaction of this fan base, Jeff, whenever you, you go into, I, I don't know if Roger Goodell's going to be on a stage or back in his basement in April because none of us never really know what's going on, especially right now. But when he walks up and gets in front of the camera, he says, Dallas Cowboys with the blank overall pick select this offensive player. What do you think the reaction is going to be from a fan base? Because you already said that you caught some flack from Cowboys fans about picking best player available. And BPA has been something we've preached on this show for a couple years now. But is that something that I think Cowboys fans would accept? Or is it something they'd be very frustrated in? Um, maybe it depends. I think you could probably sell to the fan base, for instance, Kyle Pitts, the Florida tight end, more than you could sell Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith because they're receivers, although I call Kyle Pitts a receiver too. Yeah. But just the fact that you call him a tight end, I think, would change the way that maybe the fan base could look at it. But you're going to have a lot of people who are just going to be like, no, this defense is bad. This defense is the problem. I can't believe they keep... Um, making selections to try to score more points when they can't stop anybody, and I get that. But that's why there's multiple avenues to improving your team. And the top 10, to me, is not one where you're flexible about that. Picking in the top 10, I'm going to pick the best player, then I'm going to look at my roster, then I'm going to figure out how to make the best team and help my defense. There's other rounds in the draft um, where I'm more willing to go need and uh, just not the first one and definitely not in the top 10. So yeah, I think the fan I think a lot of the fan base would kind of freak out on you. Kind of you know, they kind of freak out on you, but I mean okay, we talk them off the ledge. We'll fix it. Yeah. We'll make it okay. Dane, it- uh, Jeff, if I told you that uh, Rashawn Slater was the pick at 8. Hmm. You feeling good about that? Yeah, I'm fine with that because I think he's yeah. one of my like right now, if you tell me I have a top 8 pick, I have, yeah, I have eight names. I have eight names yeah. that I feel nah. great about in this draft class, and he's one of them. Of the yeah. eight names. And he's same. got a little more. Go for it, Dave. He, he, he's got a little more proven versatility than a Penny Sewell, where, you know, we've, we've been able to see him right side, left side. He's got, he can play guard. Uh, so he could come in and be, uh, to do a lot of things for that offensive line while still being the eventual left tackle whenever uh, you know, Tyron's no longer on the roster. I think he's a better player than Panay Sewell. Whoa. You have him Ooh. above him on his board? No. Nah. On your board? No. Uh, no. 
Okay. But he's but I think so he's a better player. Sewell's today. a better Sewell's a better prospect, and Slater's a better player. Better player. Micah Parsons is a better is a better prospect than Nick Bolton. Nick Bolton's a better player than Micah Parsons. Yep, that's the way I see him. Okay, that's interesting. I, I think I like it. we could dig into and that. And believe me, I think I think that one might that one might be spicy to people. I think Missouri's Nick Bolton is a better player today than Micah Parsons. I absolutely do. I kind of don't disagree with you. I like yeah. Nick Bolton a lot. I've liked him since he was at Frisco Lone Star down the road playing his high school ball. I've always been a big fan of his. But I think there's always growth to be had on this, this specific topic, players versus prospects. And we'll talk about that along down the road. But I think whenever it comes to offensive tackle, that would probably be the easiest sell for me if the Cowboys were in the top eight and they took an offensive tackle, especially if it's a Slater or if it's a Pinnacle, if he somehow falls uh, due to the opt-out or something unforeseen at the moment. But if it's an offensive tackle, I feel much better about a, a pick in the top eight than maybe I would about a wide receiver. Kyle Pitts is on that borderline for me because I think Kyle Pitts, along with CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, and Amari Cooper, would be unbelievable to look at uh, whenever this offense gets back and healthy in 2021. But when we come back here on the draft show, we're going to talk about some Twitter on the 20, and maybe we'll bring in a conversation about Micah Parsons and when's the best time to go with an off ball linebacker we'll answer that next when we come back on the other side of the break there's nothing as unique as our eyes which is why slr pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you verilux for super sharp vision essential blue for protection and Crizal for freedom from glare three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens so whatever your needs insist on slr Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. 
Second segment here of this edition of the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. It's episode four of the 2021 show. Kyle Yeomans, Dane Brugler, along with Captain Trade Down, a.k.a. Jeff Cavanaugh. Trade Down, stick and pick, trade up. It doesn't matter right now. We've got a long way to go until Captain What's-His-Face can make his uh, his name be known oh. in April 20, uh, 29th, 2021. But uh, let's, go to, uh, let's go to some Twitter on the 20, shall we? On the 20. Chris Bean back in the back with the sounder as always. And we're going to start things off from Fanatic Cowboy. And this is the one I teased going into the break, gentlemen. But what is the best range for an off-ball linebacker in this class? We'll start with Mr. Dane Brugler on this. And, I mean, we we talked about Micah Parsons early on. Is there another off-ball linebacker later in the draft? Maybe a Nick Bolton that could potentially scoot their way into the first round. But what's the sweet spot for that position? I think it's pretty spread out. Like I, it's not, I don't. I wouldn't call it a deep position this year. But you know, you have Micah Parsons, who's probably going to be a top twelve pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, who's probably going to be somewhere in the top twenty. Zayvon Collins, some probably somewhere in the top twenty. Nick Bolton, I think, will be somewhere in the back half of round one. Um, and only because I think a lot of teams won't be on board with the lack of length uh, with Bolton. Uh, but could we see maybe a Chaz Surratt uh, out of North Carolina sneak into that top 30, top 40 conversation? Absolutely. So this is a, a draft where I, I don't think it's a very you know deep position at linebacker. But every 10 picks or so, there's another linebacker that's kind of worth it. You know, Baron Browning uh, right there as a borderline top 50 guy uh, out of Ohio State. Jabril Cox out of LSU. He's in that maybe back half of round two area. So, you know, this is a, it's a position where uh, you know, I think you, you're going to have options. You don't have to take a guy early to get, uh, to get a linebacker. You can wait till the second round and still feel pretty good about your options. Jeff? I think that's um, I think that is what worries me about Micah Parsons, where because Micah Parsons, <clears throat> excuse me, out of all those guys he's naming, obviously Micah Parsons is the most freak show of an athlete, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that he wasn't a very good college player. He's a very good college player, but I think me as watching him for NFL purposes. I watch him make some risky decisions, like trying to shoot gaps that lead to missed plays and just trying to sort of hero ball it up, and he's not always immediately reading and reacting properly. And then you start watching, there's guys that don't have his physical gifts. And we do this, teams have to do this at every position with every player. But you're weighing like, okay, Micah Parsons' ceiling is way up there somewhere beyond the roof. Bobby Wagner. Yeah, yeah, but would you feel better picking a guy that that you're much more comfortable with his floor when you're talking about an off-the-ball linebacker 40 picks later? I would, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But, I mean, that's that's just kind of where I am with Micah Parsons at this point is I, I, I kind of like a lot of those other guys, and if you told me I could pick my linebacker in the 30s or 40s that I feel better about the floor than I do with Parsons – uh, I think that would be the range for me. I, I I like that a lot. I really do. I think there's a lot of guys in there, and I know we just named a bunch of guys, but Jabril Cox is in that conversation for me. Uh, Nick Bolton we've already mentioned. Uh, Dane, can you say his name one more time, the, the Notre Dame linebacker, Richard Jr.? Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. Okay. 
Is is that who like, actually he, he just won uh, the the Butkus Award for okay. the uh, college football's top linebacker? So it it be interesting talking or watching him uh, in the f- uh, college football playoff semifinal against Alabama. Mm-hmm. You know, against Najee Harris and everything that offense is going to throw at that defense. So uh, Wusu Koromo is uh, an explosive guy who is uh, kind of like this year's Isaiah uh, uh, Simmons. Or, Simmons. Me, Yes, uh, Isaiah Simmons from last year, who just the versatile jack of all trades. Uh, you know, can play him as a blitzer. You can line him up in the slot. You can play him as a traditional off-ball uh, overhang linebacker. You can just do a lot of things with him, and that versatility is the key. You think he's? Uh, where do you have him on your board right now? Do you have him up above like a Chaz Surratt at the at the moment, or where is he sitting at this this time? Yeah, I think he's 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 right position to be the second linebacker i think him zaven collins they're they're kind of fighting out and i think nick bolton i'd throw him in there as well as the the linebackers fighting to be the second linebacker drafted gotcha i mean there's a ton of guys there and that's the that's the thing about this this position whenever it comes to linebackers there's some top heavy names like the micah parsons of the world but there's options later on and that's kind of what jeff was talking about a moment ago uh, second question here from the Star Vision. He says, uh, who are the top five safeties in this draft? And he says he wants to pair somebody with Donovan Wilson. Jeff, who are your top five safeties at this moment? <laughs> oh, man. Uh-huh. I'm going to preface this with I don't love this safety class. I don't love this safety class so far. I don't either. Um, so interestingly, the best guy I've seen, I have no idea if he's going to be in the draft, and I'm told, and Dane can take us down this road because Dane is the best in the country at this draft stuff, but my favorite guy that I've actually seen on tape was the 2019 tape of the 5'8 safety from TCU, Darius Washington, mm-hmm. and I'm told that 2020 hasn't been going as well for him, and that his teammate, Trevon Merrig, maybe the top safety in this class. I didn't love Merrig on the 19 tape. So this is one of those things where it's December and I haven't seen 2020 stuff yet. But my favorite safeties that I've seen are actually Gillespie at Missouri and Nasiraldine at Florida State. And they're very different. The Florida State is like 6'4", 220. He looks like Cam Chancellor. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know that he pairs with Donovan Wilson, ideally, because I don't think he's going to play center field. But he can play deep half. He can play down. Um, Javon Holland I don't love at Oregon. He's okay. Merrick, his 19 tape is okay. So I defer to Dane and say, tell me about the 2020 and and what I'm going to see from some of these guys. Jeff, let me ask you first. What would you think of Andre Sisco uh, out of Syracuse? Yeah. Uh, Andre Sisco is a really popular name that I hear from Cowboy fans because of his 13 career interceptions. I think he probably gave up twice as many touchdowns as he had interceptions. So I'm terrified of Andre Sisco. Hmm. Like everybody's telling me he runs a 4-3. I'm watching him miss tackles in the open field and then not run down guys who don't run 4-3s. So I don't know if he runs a football 4-3. And so like guys who catch the ball in front of him get around him and beat him to the end zone. I think his awareness to cover deep as a free safety is not good. So I think think he's a guy that has great stats and i'm told he's a great athlete but on tape he's going to be one of the guys where i go if you're talking about picking him in the top 60 70 80 i'll let somebody else do it Mm. all right dane where where are you sitting at in this safety class 
Well, I, I think that a, a lot of what, what Jeff was saying I agree with. I think uh, I it's hard somebody. to love any of these guys. Uh, Morey got a TCU, still is my top guy. I think when you look at his range, his ball skills, uh, there's a lot that you can work with there. Uh, Javon Holland out of Oregon, he's kind of your prototypical big nickel safety type uh, who I – I don't love as a first-round pick. I don't know I love him as a top-40 pick. I think he's more of a mid-second type of player. Uh, the interesting name here is Sean Wade out of Ohio yeah. State. And it's a, it's a projection because this is a guy who played inside corner last year as a nickel, mm-hmm. moved him to outside corner this year where I thought he would, he, he would fit better because of his size, because of his ability to turn and run. And he just looked lost as I an agree. outside corner. So now we have to figure out what to do with him. And he's a big athlete who can tackle. And you just have to figure out from a you know read and react standpoint, can he play off and be a safety, a guy that can play the nickel, that can you know play single high, do everything you want out of a safety. That's, that's what we have to figure out because Sean Wade, to me, is the interesting name in this discussion where his best position on the field mm-hmm. might be uh, lining up as that kind of versatile, do-everything uh, type of safety. Yeah, and I liked his tape in the slot as well. I think Sean Wade was better in the slot than he was by at any point this season on the outside. And I don't know, maybe you, we thought the move to the outside would have worked for Wade, but of course it didn't, and he ended up uh, having some issues out there. Maybe the move to safety does the same thing. That's what worries me about Sean Wade. But uh, Nasiruddin out of uh, Florida State, I mean, that's a guy who's going to be at the Senior Bowl, has already accepted his Senior Bowl invite. And I think that's going to be one of the guys that I have circled all that week of who, how does he stand up against some of these other players, some of these other uh, these linebackers. And I know it's tough to kind of figure out, or excuse me, safeties, and we're talking safeties here, but it's kind of tough to figure out safeties at a Senior Bowl like that. We tried to do it last year with Kyle Duggar and things like that, but um, he's one of those guys that I have my eye on. Now, we're going to continue Twitter on the 20, but we're going to go to break because we need to get Jeff Cavanaugh back having some technical difficulties here. So on the other side of the break, we'll continue talking about some of these extra players and these needs for the Dallas Cowboys here on the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. There's nothing as unique as our eyes. Which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. The Cowboys way where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like, where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star, where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going, 
Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Grisol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Back here on the DallasCowboys.com draft show. Still trying to figure some things out with Jeff Cavanaugh, but he is back on, and everyone at home will be able to hear what Captain Tradedown has to say. Kyle Yeomans, Jeff Cavanaugh, along with Dane Brugler. And, you know, it is the giving season. It's the holiday season, and I, I want to give some names out in terms of guys that we can look at as some potentials down the road. And, Dana, we're going to start with you on this one, but I want to hear your early candidate for a pet cat. Somebody who is on the back half of this draft board that could potentially rise, then uh, it could, could potentially find their way up into the early parts of the draft, or somebody that you just already have fallen in love with in terms of the back half of the 2021 draft. Uh, you know, there's a few. Uh, Bowling Green's got a tight end, Quentin Morris, who uh, is not a well-known name. He's a former wide receiver making the move to tight end. 
uh, bulking up. He's going to be that versatile H-back. He, he's a really fun player who uh, Quentin Morris, is. if you're looking for a tight end somewhere in the mid-rounds, I, I think he's the guy you need to look at. Uh, and then, you know, keeping at wide receiver, uh, I, you know, I, there, there, this is another deep wide receiver group. I mean, you could really point to a lot of names here that are highly, highly intriguing. Amari Rogers out of Clemson is a guy that grows on me more and more every time I watch him. Uh, he's when you watch him on tape, it, it feels like your clicker has a rumble pack on it because you feel his hits, you feel the play strength. Uh, he, there's a lot of Debo Samuel to Amari Rogers uh, just with the way he plays. He's got that running back body after the catch. Um, you know, he's lines up in the slot, but he can beat you horizontally, vertically. Uh, if I'm the Jets or the Jaguars, whoever takes Trevor Lawrence with the first pick, Amari Rogers would be the guy I'd be targeting in, say, the third round to pair those guys back up because he's, he's just a really talented player who I don't think is getting talked about enough. I wouldn't be surprised at all if he ends up being one of the first 10 receivers drafted this year. Wow. So you okay, so Amari Rogers, do you have him over Justin Ross out of the, the Clemson wide receivers, or is he is Justin Ross still above him on your board? Well, Justin Ross is a freak, and I don't yeah. I, honestly he's not on my board right now just because we have no idea what's going on with the medicals. Uh, very, very serious neck issue. Um, you know, so when he's finally cleared, if he's part of this draft class, then we'll we'll kind of cross that bridge. But you know, it's Amari uh, uh, Rogers is a guy that uh, just the more you watch him, the more you're just like, this guy just plays. And he, he can play special teams. Uh, he can uh, line up all over the formation. The, the, the program there loves him. So uh, just a big fan of uh, Amari Rogers and what he can do for you. Yeah, both those guys are, are, are stout players. Now, Jeff, early candidate for Pet Cat here in December. I know it's way early, but who you got? Yeah, it's December, man. This is a Dane Brugler <laughs> special. Um I guess one of the safeties I named, I guess I would go Tyree Gillespie because he's the name that I haven't heard much. So mm -hmm. I'm in on a couple of Missouri defenders. Gillespie is yeah, one are. of them. And, of course, Nick Bol I mean, Nick Bolton is, of course, my pet cat, at the linebacker there. But their safety has zero career picks. Zero. And I'm sitting there watching him play free safety, and I'm watching him cover Kyle Pitts. And I, I just I'm watching him, and I'm like, that guy looks like, is starting NFL safety. And I'm watching all the other guys that are considered better prospects, and I'm like, I don't trust any of these guys. And I do trust a guy who has zero career picks. So that's the way the world works sometimes. So I'll go Tyree Gillespie, Missouri safety. You know, and, and Tyree Gillespie is a guy who I, I watched a little bit of because I was watching Bolton and I was watching one of the other Missouri safeties in, in Bledsoe that is has already accepted his senior bowl invite. But whenever it comes to Gillespie, Dane, where does he sit Where on your board? Because I think with Missouri, there's a lot of these guys, like Jeff just said, that are – Pretty much they're the players, but not necessarily the prospects that you're looking at. Yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a big Gillespie fan. Uh, Nazareldine and then Gillespie, the top two senior safeties uh, for me this year. I, I think you guys think pretty similar in that regard. Uh, Gillespie, he's just he's a guy that, uh, you know, his effort out there uh, is fantastic, both on defense and special teams. Uh, he times his hits well. He'll separate man from ball. Uh, the the range that he shows, his ability to uh, see it and go. He, he's not overthinking things out there. And then he'll drive through his target uh, as a tackler and as a blitzer. So he just the way he'll explode into contact, uh, he gives as good as he gets. So 
Tyree Gillespie, a uh, big fan in this draft. And, you know, if he's if he's available, I don't know that he's going to sneak into the top 100. So if he's available to me at the top half of the fourth round, that's an easy pick for me. Okay, so final question here before we run out of time because Derek's going to come downstairs and kick us out of this podcast studio. But three most likely players to be drafted by the Dallas Cowboys. Once again, Jeff, I know it's super early, and I know it's uh, it, 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 it's super, super early. And you guys can say the same same players, but we'll start with Dane. Top three players to be picked by the Dallas Cowboys as we sit at this moment. First round, right? First round, guys, yes. Just to make it easy, we don't need to go later in the draft. Right. You know, uh, and, and I'll, uh, I'll say three different positions uh, just to keep it, keep it spicy. Okay. Uh, let's go with, uh, with Caleb Farley, the Virginia Tech corner, who 6'2", 205, is going to run a 4'4". Uh, his best football is still ahead of him. Uh, big fan of Farley. Uh, Michael Parsons, uh, the linebacker out of Penn State, who can give you uh, rush help. Can you know he's just a big time athlete. You know you, you draft him top ten with the hopes that he becomes Bobby Wagner. Mm-hmm. And then for a third, let's say Kyle Pitts. Uh, you know I, I know it just seems like you're. Wh- why not make a strength even more of a strength? You know why not? You know add him because he can block. Like he's not he's not going to drive defenders off the ball. But he can get in the way, he can do his job, and so you can use him in line. But the reason you draft him that high is because what he can do down the field. If you, got, if you have your three receivers out there, plus Pitts running down the seam, hmm. uh, good luck for any defense trying to cover that. <laughs> Team 50-burger is alive and well. All right, Jeff, who are your three guys? Why not? <laughs> well, I probably like Dane's three better than my three because hmm. uh, I pretty much agree with his three. So all I'm going to do is I'm going to change out one. Okay. Because I'm more interested in being right than giving you other names. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go Micah Parsons. Okay. I'm going to go Caleb Farley. And instead of Pitts, I'm either going to go Rashawn Slater or I'm going to go Patrick Sertan. Pick one of them. I'll go go Slater. Farley, Parsons, Rashawn Slater, offensive line, linebacker, corner. Okay. I, I'm interested. I know we're out of time, but I'm going to ask this anyways because I, I can do this. But whenever it comes to Sertan and Farley, I know it, there's still a long way to go, but we talked about this in the break. But why do you guys both have Farley over Sertan? Because I know a lot of people have it flip-flop the other way, including myself. I, I like Sertan better than Farley right now, but I want to know why you guys have uh, Farley on top. The more I see of Sertan, the more what I don't trust him to do is be a guy that's going to shadow a team's number one wide receiver. And I think Caleb Farley absolutely has a chance to be that guy. I think Caleb Farley's athleticism gives him an opportunity for you to say, hey, this week we are playing against, I'm just trying to think of random teams and their number one receivers. Hey, we got Tyreek Hill. Good luck, guys. I think Farley's got a chance and Sertan's dead in the water. And then next week, if it's a big receiver, no problem. I think Sertan is probably more scheme and matchup dependent. And the more I've seen of him, the more I actually do see him getting called for some PIs as well. So, like, I like Sertan as being a starting NFL cornerback for a long time. I like Farley's potential to be a star. Dane, do you agree that the, the potential to be a star for Farley is, is much better and much higher than, than Patrick Sertain? And then also the penalties being an issue for Sertain out there. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I do. And, and I mean, look, with Sertan, you have a guy that's very polished. Uh, I mean, he does a nice job staying in phase, and he's smooth, instinctive. The game seems to slow down for him a little bit. At the corner position, I just want a more sudden player, and that's what it comes down to for me. That's the difference is, uh, you know, with Farley, you've got a guy with a little more juice. Uh, his ability, he also has instincts. He also has, uh, you know, a lot of the things that you look for at the corner, but his reaction skills and the movements are what really shine, and so the ceiling, I think, is much higher uh, for Sertan, or over Sertan for Farley, and that's why he's my number one corner uh, at this moment. I think the opt-out scares me with Farley, and maybe that's the case, but I like what I've seen from the 2020 tape of, of, of Sertan more so than what I liked from 2019 Farley. But, I, man, I really wish Farley would have had a 2020. I feel like I would feel much differently if, if Farley had had a 2020 season to go off of. But this will be a debate that continues to rage on. I may even ask this on the, with the other group of guys and see how they uh, fare with, with both of them and where they stand right now before we really get into the rest of this draft process. But that's going to do it here for us on the draft show. By the way, I joked about Derek hopping down and kicking us out. He legitimately just walked into the studio and set his stuff down. So, yeah, I kind of do have to get out of here now at this point. But that'll do hey it Derek. for us. Nice to see you. <laughs> Jeff says hi. So, uh, for KT, unfortunately not with us. He'll be back after the turn of the new year. But for Dane Brugler, for Jeff Cavanaugh, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long. Thanks for joining us here on the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about that?